This podcast provides information to help esports professionals identify and approach legal problems. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only. Legal information is not the same as legal advice, which is an application of law to a party's specific set of circumstances. You should not and are not authorized to use this podcast as a source of legal advice. And the information in this podcast does not create an attorney-client relationship between the Law of Esports podcast, any of the lawyers or affiliates of the podcast, and any consumer of this podcast. Welcome to the Law of Esports podcast, the number one podcast that discusses legal issues as they apply to the world of esports. My name is Jake Hicks, and I represent teams, leagues, and organizations. And my name is Nephi Lopez, and I represent players, streamers, and personalities. And today we have another very interesting episode for you that stems from the settlement with Dr. Disrespect and Twitch that we surmise came through his arbitration provision in his agreement, potentially a mediation. And we're going to talk about the lessons that we can learn from his experience in arbitration and the lessons that probably apply to anyone out there creating content now or anyone that hopes to do so in the future. Yeah. So if you guys are involved in the esports, whether as a, a content creator, as a professional player, um, as a Twitch affiliate or a Twitch partner, uh, you want to listen close to this particular episode because we're going to discuss sort of how a lawsuit works and the language involving certain agreements with certain uh, platforms. Okay. And so uh, we're going to start off and, and really discuss not just arbitration, but the litigation process in general. Okay. In order for you to understand, you first have to understand how a lawsuit begins, right? Or how litigation works. Okay. So generally whenever there's a dispute, right, there are two major methods that you can sort of handle a dispute, right? The first one is through litigation, which is where you formally draft a complaint and you file it with the court of whatever jurisdiction you're in, right? That's called litigation. The other portion of it is an acronym known as ADR, alternate dispute resolution, which are two methods, right? It's either arbitration or mediation, okay? And the one we're going to be talking about today generally is arbitration. And the reason why arbitration is important is because almost every agreement that a professional will sign, whether it's in esports, whether it's music, whether it's really in the entertainment space, general corporations or conglomerates, they would they will always prefer arbitration for a number of reasons, which we're going to talk about today. And so, uh, but before we do that, just I'm going to let Jake kind of get us started on that since Jake regularly deals with arbitration. I'm, I'm going to kind of let him get us started off and, and explain to us what arbitration is and the different kinds of arbitration. Yeah. So arbitration is basically a way to settle your differences outside of a lawsuit. Right. And we have a few things that you may have heard out there in the ether. Um, one of them is mediation and then you have trial and then you'll also have arbitration. And so basically a trial is where you go in front of a jury or in the case of a bench trial, you go before a judge on the bench and you submit your evidence, submit your case and the judge or jury will come back with a decision. In the case of mediation, both parties will generally meet with a mediator, sometimes together, other times always in completely separate rooms. And especially after 2020, a lot of times not even in the same building. And you'll kind of put your some of your evidence, some of your arguments out there, but you only 
do that with the mediator and then the mediator will present some of that argument to the other side and you guys can hopefully come to an agreement through a person that is a mediator that's mediating the dispute and then you have arbitration so arbitration is where you present a case to one person or a panel of just a few people like a mediator but then they make a decision as to what the outcome of your case will be kind of like a judge or a jury would and so very very often there are reasons why companies want to use arbitration and a number of them have to deal with expense and speed of the process. For instance, Nephi and I are both lawyers in Harris County, Texas. And in Harris County, over the past four or five years, we've had Hurricane Harvey, we've had a pandemic, we've had a growing population throughout all of those experiences. And so if you're a civil lawyer, like Nephi is and like I am, if you're dealing with businesses and things like that, it can be hard to get a jury trial if your trial's longer than a week or two. If it's just a one day trial, maybe you can squeeze it in. But remember our constitution provides criminal trials or provides suspected criminals with priority for their trials. And so it can be hard to get a trial within a, a expedient amount of time. The other thing is there are certain expenses associated with trial. Uh, you may have a longer proceeding than you otherwise would if you're relying on a jury to hear your evidence every day because they can only hear four to five hours of evidence in between lunch breaks and all that other stuff and going home. Um, and they're not there on holidays. They don't do much on weekends unless they're sequestered, which is exceedingly rare. And so if you have a, an arbitration, for instance, I know Nephi and I have had different arbitrations, not necessarily against each other yet, maybe one day. Um, <laughs> but for instance, if you're providing evidence to an arbitrator, you may, go beyond 5 p.m. You may go beyond 6 p.m. There's been uh, a couple of times where either myself or someone at my firm has been in an arbitration with an arbitrator and they've gone till midnight multiple nights in a row just to get the arbitration done in two or three days. Um, so that's another benefit is that you're working with another legal professional that can kind of adapt their schedule and they kind of know how those things are supposed to go. Uh, and so because the other part too is judges are very knowledgeable, but also judges have a whole other docket. They have a whole other staff. They have so much other stuff they have to worry about besides just your case. Whereas your arbitrator is hired for your case and you reserve that time with them. Uh, and so there's uh, plenty of reasons why you will want to go and choose an arbitration. Another reason that we're going to discuss in a lot more depth is confidentiality, right? So remember when I was talking about mediation, whenever you talk to a mediator, whatever you tell that mediator is confidential, right? And whatever discussions you have to try and settle a case, most of those things are confidential and cannot be put in front of a jury to show your liability, right? In Texas, it's a rule of evidence, rule 408. Settlement discussions can be put before a jury to show liability. Um, and so you have that benefit with a mediator. You have a similar benefit with an arbitrator, except in arbitration, it's not a rule of evidence. It's oftentimes a confidentiality provision, either in the arbitration rules or in the arbitration agreement. But where you find the arbitration agreement can be pretty interesting. Nephi's looked at a handful of them. Um, so where do yeah. we find these? So, um, you know, believe it or not, almost, I think there's a pretty uh, uniform consensus that most corporations 
prefer arbitration. Okay. Um, if you guys are, you know, streaming on Twitch, uh, you may not know it, but by going on their platform, starting a channel, uh, and streaming, you are automatically essentially agreeing that you are, you know, bound by their, their either terms of service or their affiliate agreement once you get large enough to become affiliate. Okay. It's extremely important that you guys are aware why arbitration matters and why arbitration clauses matter. Okay. People like Jake that represent organizations and, uh, you know, corporations, they love arbitration, right? One, it's, it's, it's cheaper to litigation, but it also kind of heightens the entry level because it is expensive in order to get into it, right? Expensive to a regular person, very affordable to a corporation. Okay. You sort of jump through a lot of hoops and to eventually get in front of a judge and a jury. For me, as a person that, that regularly represents individuals, I do not like arbitration. Okay. And as an individual, you will likely not like arbitration. Okay. And let me tell you the reason why. The reason why is if you have a lawyer, right, a very good lawyer, uh, and I tend to think of myself highly, but if you have a lawyer that can convince a jury that, hey, I'm right, chances are that's going to be beneficial to us, right? The benefit of of arbitration is that typically, you know, depending and 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 depending on what kind of arbitration you have, there's a selection process as to who's going to be hearing and deciding your case. Okay, and there's different kinds of arbitration. There's also there's binding arbitration. There's non-binding arbitration. There's a lot of different options that you can get as an arbitrator or in arbitration. But one of the benefits is that an arbitrator is typically an expert in the field of whatever litigation you have. If it's a construction matter, you're going to have an arbitrator that's been a lawyer or a judge in that particular field. In esports, which is a a very, very niche field of law, there's not going to be as many arbitrators that are necessarily experts in the esports law, but probably in either sports or in the entertainment business. The laws are very similar um, in the esports field. Um, the benefit is as a corporation is you're going to have somebody that's familiar with the law and is not going to be easily swayed by a persuasive lawyer such as myself. Uh, whereas if you have a jury, right, it doesn't really matter so much about the law. It's about what you can convince them what the law is and whether or not the law is in your favor, right? There are certain parts of the law that only a judge can interpret, but generally speaking, you know, interpretation of a particular clause in a contract, um, oftentimes is left to a jury to decide, how do you interpret this? Do you agree with me or disagree with me? And so first off, I want to tell you, if you're an individual, generally arbitration is not favorable. It's expensive and it takes away a lot of the rights that you have uh, to a jury. If you're a corporation, arbitration is great. And so um, one of the things, and, and, and to sort of circle back to the original question that was posed by Jake is, where do you find these agreements? If you guys just simply Google like a Twitch affiliate agreement, you'll see... Uh, specifically, if you guys Google it, go, go on their link, and I'm giving you an example because Twitch is very um, forthcoming, which what you're agreeing to, which is a good thing, but a lot of people ignore it and they don't listen to it. But if you look at particularly Section 16 of a Twitch affiliate agreement, for example, there's a clause titled arbitration, right? And essentially what you're agreeing to is that any dispute that you have between yourself and the platform is automatically bound by an arbitration clause. Okay, over the years, arbitration has become increasingly enforceable. In other words, you know, there's this whole thing about jurisdiction, right? What laws are going to apply and what court it's going to be held under if you were to file a lawsuit. But but 
Twitch, like buying a car, I don't know if any of you guys have ever purchased a car before. If you actually read your agreement that you have with the dealership, there's arbitration clause in all of those agreements, right? And people will just sign them without thinking twice about it. But should you have a dispute with Twitch, you're you're essentially forced to arbitrate. You can try to, um, you know, file a lawsuit. And then obviously your lawyer is going to argue that, hey, the arbitration clause is enforceable for a number of reasons. Uh, generally speaking, though, the, the courts typically... And I mean, typically based on my experience and I myself as have enforced arbitration clause in the past, and I'm sure Jake has as well. Um, the courts require you to arbitrate. So you guys have to be very careful as to where you're agreeing to here uh, with, with uh, you know, streaming on Twitch. You don't really have much of a choice, right? If you stream on there, you're almost automatically agreeing to it, which is could be a basis as to why it's unenforceable. But it's, it's extremely important that you guys are aware of what you're agreeing to so you understand that, hey, I'm going to have to arbitrate, okay? And so with that being said, um, you know, we were talking about the different types of arbitrations, and I'm, I'm going to allow Jake to explain what the differences are. But just, you know, it's it's important to understand that these, these platforms that you're dealing with, they're very sophisticated, okay? They've paid lawyers like myself and Jake a lot of money in order to create, you know, agreements that are favorable to them. One of the things you guys have to understand is that you have to perform your due diligence whenever you're making deals with anybody, whether it's a sponsorship deal, whether it's streaming on a platform, an exclusive deal with a platform, uh, you know, working with, you know, other brands. It's important you understand exactly what you're signing because an arbitration clause can limit your ability to litigate, okay? And and so with that being said, I'll give you just two very, very broad examples. Um you know, Twitch has their affiliate agreement. Once you have enough viewers, you can be promoted to an affiliate, which is basically where you can sort of monetize your 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 platform, right? Where, whatever you're streaming on Twitch. And then there's a Twitch terms of service. And the reason why I want you to look at those two is on the Twitch affiliate agreement, section 16 and arbitration clause, it states that basically any dispute or claim relating in any way to this agreement, right? To the, to the affiliate agreement, and the terms are of, or your partition in the program that arise between the parties, right, which would be you and Twitch, will be resolved by binding arbitration. Okay, remember how I was talking about binding versus non-binding? Binding means that no matter what the, the, the arbitrator rules, you're, you're basically bound by that decision. In other words, it's almost like a jury, right? When you go to a jury trial, the jury gives an award, you're bound by that decision. There's Sometimes a, a, no, there's- Notable exception. Notable exception to arbitration. Yes. Uh, and that's, and, and Nephi's correct. Whenever you go in front of a jury, you are bound by that decision, except in our American jurisprudence, you have the ability to appeal to that appeal decision. It. Absolutely. And yeah, with this arbitration provision or with most arbitration clauses, including the one that we see in the Twitch affiliate agreement, once that arbitrator makes their decision, you have no right to appeal. And in most states, including Texas, where Nephi and I practice, uh, or at least where we practice the most, uh, where we see the most law, is uh, it's extraordinarily hard to appeal an arbitration, an arbitrator's decision, or an arbitrator's award, generally is what we call it. Right, right. They're exceptionally difficult to appeal, and you can't appeal it just because the arbitrator was wrong. Right. Um, and Well, and they're, they're easy to appeal, but they're hard to win the appeal because that defeats the purpose of having a binding arbitration. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Thanks. I guess you could file the appeal, but to right, have anything right. come out of it would be extraordinarily exactly. difficult. Extra, very difficult. And and that's and that's one of those things. And so understand that if you're 
an affiliate for Twitch, you are in turn agreeing not just to arbitration, specifically to you're being bound by uh, um, a, a binding arbitration. And then it goes one step even further and identifies that the arbitration is going to be conducted by what's known as the American Arbitration Association or the AAA. And it's bound by their rules, their method of, of selecting an arbitrator, and uh, which, which is unique because as we're going to talk a little bit, there's a different kind of arbitration as well. If you look at the Twitch Terms of Service, specifically the section, uh, what, what they call you know the applicable law and venue, uh, which is sec- subsection D uh, of their uh, section 15, which outlines their disputes, this is on just the terms of service, right? One of the things you have to understand is a lot of these organizations will choose whatever law is favorable to them and wherever they reside generally. Here we're talking, you know, Twitch is headquartered in California. Um, and so you're going to be bound by California law. But in the terms of service, the arbitration agreement, which prevents you from suing in court or from having a jury trial, is held by a different kind of arbitration and it's arbitration known as jams, okay? And so, and these things play a major role. And again, this is something that you would have absolutely no idea without the guidance of counsel. But Jake, why don't you explain to us sort of the difference between the the the, the kinds of arbitration that you have, including, because I'm going to be honest with you guys, although I have arbitrated before, I typically, not typically, I always try to avoid it. Um, and so, and Jake regularly deals with arbitrations, both internationally and, and, and just domestic. Uh, he's much more well-versed in that. So I'm going to kind of uh, uh, give you the floor and allow you to talk about those in a little more detail. Yep. So, uh, the reason why we brought up the Twitch affiliate agreements, one, because they're pretty standard and there's not really a streaming competitor anymore, uh, out in the world. There used to be mixer rest in peace, uh, and Facebook gaming, but those are, uh, mixers gone. Facebook gaming is a very, very small part of the market share. Most people that are streaming are probably doing it via Twitch, including Dr. Disrespect, right? That's, what he was using when he was banned and had this whole dispute. Um, and so there's been a couple of uh, law podcasts out there that Nephi and I have listened to, and they continually reference this jams arbitration procedure as potentially one of the arbitration procedures that Dr. Disrespect and Twitch used. And we think that those podcasts are wrong. And the reason why is because you find the jams arbitration procedure in the Twitch terms of service, which is what consumers will use to watch content creators that are streaming. The affiliate agreement is what individuals are using that are actually part of or are getting money from Twitch and they chose AAA for that reason and or for that type of agreement. And then when we get to Twitch partnership agreements, those can actually be pretty diverse, right? They can determine the exact percentage of the donation split or the subscription split that you get between Twitch and um, and the content creator. They can also include upfront payments, right? So if Ninja were to come back to Twitch and have a guaranteed deal, they can guarantee him $2 million in the first year. I promise not every Twitch partner gets that. Probably not even a guarantee at all. Ninja is back on Twitch, by the way. <laughs> Did he get a big guarantee? Yeah, he is back on Twitch, right? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's back. Wasn't after he talking Mixer to like YouTube out, or he, something? He mad. No, he was on Mixer, got a huge payday. Mixer went out of business or like sold to Facebook or something, and he chose to cash yeah. out and came back to Twitch. Right. And so I, I remember when that war was going on, there was a bunch of guarantees kind of thrown out there. Um, and there was some big deals signed, including one with Dr. Disrespect that ended up 
they had a, a sort of a breakup and that's what we're talking about here. One of the reasons why you see a difference between jams and the AAA jams, it's usually just always called jams. Now it used to be called the judicial arbitration and mediation service, right? Jams, judicial arbitration and mediation service. It was started by a judge out in California. Uh, one of the big benefits to jams, especially before the pandemic was that they have offices that are jams specific offices kind of across the country. And so if you were just a regular person and you didn't have, uh, either a sophisticated lawyer with law firms across the country, or you didn't have an office to go do an arbitration, or you didn't want to be on another team's home turf in their lawyer's office, you can go to the jams offices and arbitrate there. Sometimes they're a little more sophisticated. I know the jams office in New York is exceedingly sophisticated. They have some pretty advanced arbitrations in there when it comes to international agreements. But one of the reasons why jams is preferable to a lot of companies for consumer law is because they have offices. You can walk in there, you can do your arbitration and then kind of be done. Um, importantly about the Twitch terms of service is they recommend informal, uh, what was it? Informal um, resolution prior to an arbitration demand. And then the, you have to mediate when you're in arbitration and hopefully you can resolve through mediation and then you'll go to a full on arbitration where you present evidence and everything like that. Um, one of the reasons why they recommend an informal resolution, one, because it saves a little bit of money um, and a little bit of time. And the reason why is because whenever you make a demand for arbitration, you have to pay arbitration fees, right? The other yeah. thing, the other thing is that some of these fees can be pretty expensive depending on the rules you're using. And those rules differ between jams and the AAA. Now the AAA is the American arbitration association. The American arbitration association has a variety of rule sets for a variety of different kinds of disputes. And that's important, especially when we're talking about Twitch esports and the sophistication among gamers, because for instance, I'm a lawyer at a, a relatively large law firm. There's certain arbitration rules that you have to use for certain disputes. And so Nephi and I can speculate as to the rules that were used for Dr. Disrespect, mm -hmm. but we can guess that first of all, in AAA arbitration, the Twitch affiliate agreement specifies that you have to use the rules for consumer disputes and consumer law is generally the type of law that you see Whenever you buy something from the store, it doesn't work and you sue the, whatever the store company is, right? Um, lemon law type stuff can fall into that as well. Defective products that don't involve personal injury um, can fall into consumer law, breach of warranty, that kind of thing. In AAA rules, once the dispute is over $500,000, then you kind of fall out of the consumer rules and fall into what's called the large complex commercial dispute rules, right? Uh, for the cases I've had that have gone to arbitration or we've begun the process for arbitration, at least at the firm I'm at now, uh, outside of some small, smaller stuff that we've done for esports or for certain mm -hmm. sports clients, almost everything falls in that large commercial complex litigation context for the arbitration rules. Um, and there's two very, very similar portions of the jams rules and the AAA rules that are helpful in understanding why in Dr. Disrespect's case, we may not ever really know what the dispute was over. 
and that is confidentiality, right? right. So in, in jams, they have an office where you can go there. They have arbitrators that stay on staff that they appoint all the time, and they're always running through these uh, arbitrations. In AAA, they don't really have that many offices. You kind of have to pick your own arbitrators. If you can't select one, then there's a whole procedure for deciding one where you throw out several. You have a neutral decision maker come in and you determine who will be your arbitrator or your arbitration panel. There's a few differences like that between jams and AAA that make AAA a little more complicated. But if you're two big companies, you kind of want a little more of that freedom. Uh, in either event, both jams and AAA have confidentiality rules where what goes on in that arbitration can't really be put out into the world and except for very, very specific circumstances. Um, one is if you are appealing the arbitration because you claim that the arbitrator was biased and then you have to put out some of those facts. For instance, if there was a key witness that was related to the arbitrator or if they had business with the arbitrator, uh, but showing bias to an arbitrator is really difficult. But if you have some of those facts, you have to put some of that out there. Um, other than that, I mean, unless someone perjures themselves or commits fraud while testifying, there's really not a lot of ways to see what was said or the communications that went back and forth in an arbitration. And so Nephi said at the beginning of the podcast that he doesn't really like arbitration because he doesn't have as much freedom with a jury of multiple people of a jury of the peers of the location you're in. And you can sometimes, if you're persuasive enough, get a more favorable outcome, regardless of what the law really is. And I think that's true, especially for skilled litigators. One of the caveats that we have to think about is when it comes to these large, uh, these individuals with large followings or large net worth individuals, obviously the company probably doesn't want to put into the public how they messed up or why they were wrong in the deal. But the content creator or the individual being sued also may not want those allegations out there in public. Right. And so I guarantee in Dr. Disrespect's partnership agreement with Twitch, there was a provision that said it has to remain confidential and there were probably some ways out of it. And I'm betting that neither party ever tried to actually get out of those confidentiality provisions. Because let's say that for, for argument's sake, that Twitch banned Dr. Disrespect because of something untoward he did. They suspected him of committing fraud or encouraging gambling or something that would just hurt his brand. Well, in Dr. Disrespect defending himself, he's going to have to explain what the allegation is. Right. And so you may not want the allegation out there at all if you can help it. And you may just want to leave it up to weirdos that try and create content to try and guess as to what it will be. So you don't have to worry about negating the arguments, negating the speculation, at least the more laser focused speculation that can come with a defined allegation. And so Whenever we see uh, arbitration rules, again, I don't think, uh, and Nephi and I are in agreement that they, we don't think they use jams, right? Um, it's more of a consumer type deal. They probably use AAA because again, it can handle, jams can handle large disputes, but AAA has different rules for large disputes that make them a little easier to facilitate, in my opinion. Um, and I think it's probably the Twitch lawyer's opinion as well. Uh, and so 
in using AAA, usually you have to mediate before you go through full arbitration. And then once you're going through arbitration, then you can get an award that you may have to confirm at the trial court level. And this is the last thing I'll say about the procedure. And then uh, I'll let Nephew chime in because I see him chomping at the bit to throw us some facts and nuggets of knowledge. <laughs> um, and that is whenever you kick off an arbitration, there's a few ways you can do it. One is, let's say you may not know whether you're bound by an arbitration provision or not. And sometimes that happens. So if we didn't have a terms of service agreement, but we had, you know, invoices going back and forth for anyone out there that's a lawyer or in law school, this is what was called the battle of the forms. Um, you may have to file a lawsuit with uh, a request that the trial court judge uh, compel the other side to arbitration. Right. Uh, and that's a high possibility. It can also happen if you're under one set of terms of service that doesn't have an agreement. And now you all of a sudden found yourself with new terms of service with an arbitration agreement and you weren't either you didn't click that you accepted or you weren't sure that you did. The other side may file with a trial court judge to compel you to arbitration if you don't want to go there willingly. Uh, or as spelled out in the Twitch terms of service agreement and in the affiliate agreement and in the jams rules and triple A rules, you can simply write your demand, send one to the bad guys. If you're suing Twitch, it would be Twitch. And then one to jams or to the AAA office in your area. And they usually specify an address like they do in the terms of service agreements. Um, and you can begin your arbitration that way. And so just because we don't see something filed in a trial court between Dr. Disrespect and Twitch doesn't mean they didn't go to arbitration. They could have handled the entire thing in a confidential nature. And usually with allegations of something that wouldn't be great for a brand, either Twitch's brand or Dr. Disrespect's brand, you would want to see an effort to maintain that confidentiality. Um, and so, and Nephi's had to deal with that a number of times. And so I think maintaining that confidentiality can be helpful in certain circumstances. It can also be hurtful. Uh, but the risk is if you go through trial court, the people can maybe find out what those allegations are, or it could just create more cannon fodder for the press. Yeah. And that's, that's part of the the biggest benefit to arbitration. And, and, and we want to especially highlight that, right? It's important to understand whenever you file a lawsuit, it all goes into the public domain, right? If you file a federal lawsuit, attorneys have access to what's called PACER. And usually that's unique to attorneys. Only attorneys or court related folks have access to the records. Um, I can go online on PACER, look up, you know, the party names and I'll find out exactly the pleadings, the allegations that are made, the responses. If there are any motions that are filed, which in federal court, there are tons and tons of stuff that are filed with the court. Um, you get a pretty good idea as to what each side is, is, is alleging, uh, you get a pretty good idea as to where the points of contention are because usually they'll file a motion with the court to request the court to intervene, whether it's to obtain information, whether it's to keep certain information from going public, whether it's to seal a record, what's un to unseal a record. Um, all that stuff becomes public forum. Now, if you file it in the, in the, in the local uh, county or state court, it's even more accessible at that point. And so, um, you know, like Jake was saying, one of the benefits to arbitration is that the, you know, th those particular, uh, um, you know, complaints never see the day uh, of light, basically. They never make it out to the public forum. And it, it really limits 
us lawyers ability or any really outside folks to be aware of what exactly is going on. Like with this particular instance with Dr. Disrespect, um, we have no idea what, what the uh, situation was as to why he was banned. Dr. Disrespect clearly knows. um, And, you know, probably due to certain confidentiality agreements, probably due to advice of counsel, um, which, you know, I, I'm, I'm never surprised whenever they're like, Hey, I can't talk about it. Cause anytime I I'm representing a client, I mean, I, I have sued quite a few high profile defendants. Um, and I tell my clients do not talk to the press, do not bring this stuff into light. Cause it's sort of a, um, a, a Trump card that we keep in our back pocket, you know, just so you guys are aware people like myself, I, I have sued celebrities before in the past, um, for a number of things, including stealing content doing things like things of that nature or, or just, you know, abusing, you know, their, their power, their authority as, as, as big, you know, giants in the entertainment business. One of the key things that drives settlement is avoiding depositions. I have set, you know, guys to be deposed, uh, you know, believe it or not, I'm actually involved in, in this astral world litigation. Um, one of the biggest points of contention that we have is taking Travis Scott depositions. Part of the reason being is his deposition, whatever he says, deposition could potentially become public record. The, his, his deposition transcript, whatever he says under oath will become available to the public and people are going to see it. And, and, you know, I've, I've, I've worked with firms in the past. I've talked to lawyers. I remember there was this lawsuit one time that this, um, you know, reporter sued Taylor Swift, for example. Um, and, and I think, uh, you know, they, they, I think she ended up doing really well in her deposition, but cases like that where people don't want to be deposed, you know, it, it drives settlement. And in this situation with Dr. Disrespect, um, corporation like Twitch and, uh, you know, a, a giant like Dr. Disrespect, a lot of the stuff that's going back and forth, they probably don't want the public to know. And so it works out to their favor because the rules to their agreements, the rules to arbitration essentially pr- prevent people from publicizing whatever's going on. And I'm sure, you know, it, that also is part of their agreements. Hey, we're, you know, we're, we're going to try to resolve this case, but it's part of that deal. Um, let's not talk about this publicly. And so, I mean, even, even whenever yeah. they got it resolved, I think, well, yeah, I was going to say, tweet. I was going to say, let's look at the tweet. Cause sometimes we can glean what happened in the arbitration or in the mediation from the conduct of the parties and the rights they either choose to exercise or choose to not exercise following the dispute because at the end of this dispute most both sides will probably end up signing a some sort of binding settlement agreement even if there's mm-hmm. an arbitration award you know there's some ways to fight that or prolong that so you may end up settling in the face of a, a high arbitration award or a strong award um and yeah. so dr disrespect on march 10th put out a tweet it said moving on has a screenshot of a picture it says quote I have resolved my legal dispute with Twitch. No party admits to any wrongdoing. End quote. Yeah. Right? There was a, yeah. a and, and, uh, well, I was going to say, so Dr. Disrespect then replied to his own tweet right after that and said, in response to all your questions, the doc will not return to Twitch. Yeah. And That's so, it. so let, let's dissect that a little bit. Okay. Um, he says, I have resolved my legal dispute with Twitch. No party admits to any wrongdoing. Okay. I want you guys to understand this very clearly. Every settlement agreement that I have ever signed in my entire life 
contains the word that this settlement does not mean that they're admitting to liability or admitting to fault. Okay. I've had cases where I have been awarded millions of dollars as damages. And as part of my settlement agreement, we have a little um, confidentiality clause that says you can't talk about this settlement. You can't tell anybody that we paid you $10 million. Um, and we're also by through this agreement are saying that we're, we're, we're not admitting to liability or any wrongdoing. Okay. And so, and the same thing, Twitch, I think they have a pretty good relationship with PC mag. They also said the same thing. I said, we've resolved our dispute with, with Twitch and neither party is admitting to any wrongdoing. Okay. Now for you guys as listeners, I want you to understand this very clearly. That doesn't mean that there was no foul play by either Dr. Disrespect or Twitch, right? That, that doesn't mean that, Oh, nobody did anything wrong. There's all big mis- misunderstanding. That's just, it's common terms that you see in settlements. Okay. So don't, don't be fooled. And I just want you to be aware that, you know, that, that, that particular, um, it, it's, it's all legal. It's legalese, right? It's things that people okay. say, Oh, we're he, not admitting he, to he, it. But so. here's, here's the thing. Here, here's what I think is interesting is that, okay, it is legalese, right? But, 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 but in the PR world of content creation of Twitch, of esports, of everything where PR is such a, you know, a big, big deal and how you reach all the consumers of the content that you're putting out there or the content that you're hosting. Generally, whenever there's a resolution to a dispute, the parties at least have something a little more glowing to say about each other in the press release that they make. Right. I mean, I bet I bet that the tweet that we see was part of the settlement agreement. Absolutely. (laughs) It it was. And that was going to be the next thing I said. Yeah. Well, you can put out press releases. Very regularly. Yeah. Like this is what the press release will say. Or more importantly, this is what it will not say uh, following the conclusion of this dispute. And so, uh, you know, we don't know who got paid what. I'm assuming that if Dr. Disrespect had a strong case, he could have got banned and moved on. He didn't. I'm assuming they give him something to move along. Uh, And this is where we get into the realm of of our guesstimation and speculation. Is (laughs) um, So first... No party admits to any wrongdoing. That's very, very standard language that, again, mm-hmm. as Nevi said, you see in all kinds of settlement agreements. Um, but it's also kind of rare to see in the press release following a settlement agreement. You know, like, yeah. it's, it's just a little strange to see. And then and then he's not returning to Twitch. Right. If they had found a way to kind of I mean, that's classic settlement terms um, in terms of it's classic terms of what a settlement is when both parties kind of want something out of it. So I can't, we can't can say almost bet money disrespect. that. Well, yeah, go, I was no, going to say, I, I can almost bet money that Dr. Disrespect wants to tell us the, the real outcome. Oh. He wants to tell us how much he was awarded or, you know, it's, there's a, there's a tiny possibility that there may have been what's known as a mutual walk away where either side is like, look, we're throwing our hands up in the air. We're just going to eat our legal costs and walk away. It's unlikely, but I guarantee you he wanted to tell us. But one thing you guys have to understand is there's a price to everything. I have settled cases in the past where they're like, we want to keep this confidential. And I said, no. I said, I'm going to go to the public. I'm going to talk about this case. I'm going to tell them, you know, what you guys did and how much money you guys paid. And they'll be like, look, how about we throw in a couple million? You don't talk about this again. And I say, you know what? I don't feel so strongly about bringing this to the public anymore. Uh, you know, my <laughs> client kind of gets, gets the benefit of it. And so uh, I think this is one of those situations where 
it probably sweetened the deal a little bit in order to reach an agreement and said, look, let's call it a day. Let's not talk about this anymore. Let's get together and have this. I mean, because their language is identical. We've mutually resolved it and neither party is admitting to any wrongdoing. Um, well, and the other thing is, is, you know, he says he will not return to Twitch. And this this appears, if you've been in front of enough arbitrators and mediators, et cetera, it appears to be a classic arbitrator-induced term, right? Where if the arbitrator is acting as a mediator in this process and, you know, he or she says, okay, if you really have this many issues with Twitch, if there really is this much bad blood, do you really want to win the right to continue streaming on that platform? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And is that something? Because yeah. Twitch probably said, "Look, we we want him off," and he said, "No, I want to be back on." And there was probably some discussion of, "Look, if you really have this many problems with Twitch, do you really? I mean, is it worth fighting to get back on to Twitch? Yeah, or is it something that we can let go and move on to other terms?" Yeah. Now, if 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 I was supposed to, if I was to interject my opinion a little bit. I don't think just so we're clear and and we make it abundantly clear. I don't think that this case was actually decided by an arbitrator. I think this case was resolved via a type of mediation or some type of alternate dispute resolution. Yeah, no, that, it got to yeah. arbitration and, and because yeah. of the language, if if the, if it goes to an arbitration, there's a winner and a loser, right? Whenever both parties are sort of saying the same thing, um it looks like somebody conceded or both parties conceded and reached an agreement. And so I don't think that this went to full me- arbitration, just so we're clear. We think that right. this was resolved either at mediation and, and a large case like this, from my experience, and I'm sure from Jake's experience, this doesn't mediate once. It mediates two or three times over the course of an entire litigation. And then the parties eventually reach an agreement. And I think that's what happened here. I don't think it reached an arbitration. I think the parties reached an agreement before. And that's why it's so neutral. Because even in arbitration, it's not always neutral. A party clearly wins and receives awards. And off, you know, sometimes they'll say, you know what, we're going to keep this confidential as part of the arbitration clause or the arbitration agreement. Um, but it doesn't always work out that way. Some people go to arbitration and, and and they're allowed. But here, I think it's best for everybody just to kind of keep it kind of, you know, sweep it under the rug and just get past it and move along. And I'm sure Dr. Disrespect probably got, you know, maybe not everything he lost, but but a good significant portion because he's he's the guy has suffered a lot. I mean, you know, Jake, ever since he was banned on Twitch. Um, I think the fact that, that, that Twitch kept it so hush hush, um, Mm -hmm. I personally, as is, you know, as, as a person outside looking in, um, think that it definitely affected his reputation a little bit because people are like, Ooh, like what did he do? Some people were even surmising inappropriate things with, with younger viewers, you know, all kinds of, all kinds of crazy. I mean, the speculation was rampant and it was crazy. I think the best thing they ever did was to not fuel that fire or fuel Mm -hmm. that flame of speculation anymore. I think that was yeah. a great job by by Doctor Disrespect's legal team addressing um, it. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. just not fueling it any farther than it had to be. But I think one of the other things is I do agree that I don't think this ever went to full arbitration. I think that they were in arbitration because I think they had to conduct some discovery, yeah. um, and I think they had to do some get some document discovery, some requests for producing documents, um, some interrogatories, which is a fancy way of asking a question with an answer you have to swear to um yeah and then and then probably took some depositions and then went to mediation probably before that all started in the middle of it going on and then finally this last time where it was finally resolved my guess is with on a very narrow timeline before the actual arbitration was set to begin yeah um and then because we there was what a year in between the ban and this resolution or what was the timeline 
it was it's been a considerable amount of time in between yeah it's been it's been a couple of years i think i think yeah uh whenever he was banned was uh june 26 of 2020 okay yeah. this didn't get resolved until this month march of 2022 um right so you know he got banned he basically switched over to youtube um and it and it kind of it screwed up his business i mean after after he got banned you know a lot of his regular you know partners stopped doing business with him like i haven't seen either ea or activision do any promotional deals with him you know anytime a new game comes out they always have all these streamers you know kind of play their game and and stream it and i haven't seen that very much and you know it's just it's been such a mess uh and and i'm i'm sure he's glad and everybody's glad to be done with it um but you know it's 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 something that it's important for everybody to be aware of and, and i'm glad that it, it got as much attention as it did because I, I want everybody to be familiar with the fact that you guys have to understand what arbitration is. And it doesn't, again, it doesn't just apply to these big guys, everybody in, in, and not just even in esports. in your regular life, arbitration clause play a role. Whenever you sign a lease to a, an apartment, you have an arbitration clause. Whenever you buy a house, you have an arbitration clause. Whenever you buy a car, you have an arbitration clause. And whenever you sign brand deals, whenever you, sign, you know, um, um, exclusive deals. Whenever you sign sponsorships, whenever you sign on with a team, there's arbitration clause. You guys have to be familiar with it and make sure that you guys have a professional, a lawyer, look over your information. So that way you're educated as far as what you're signing and what you're getting yourself into. That's really the key. And that's why we made this episode is, is to, to highlight the importance of understanding what you're signing because it plays a major role. It does. And one of the, one example of how important it is just to let you know, um, for the, the listener and maybe the viewer, if we get this on YouTube is, uh, <laughs> is for instance, in the state of Texas and in, in a variety of other States too, if you have an arbitration provision over some parts of the agreement and your claim or your argument is that your issue falls outside the arbitration provision, in Texas, the arbitrator will decide that issue. Yeah. <laughs> and so if you have an arbitration provision and you claim that something's not arbitrable, you, you will go to arbitration. The arbitrator will determine whether it's arbitrable or not. And you can imagine if you're already in arbitration, probably it's going to be something that will somehow be shoehorned into that arbitration provision. Yeah. Uh, I've yeah. had it happen to me. I've done it to other parties. It's very, very normal. There's been multiple, multiple cases. Um, one of Justice Kavanaugh's first opinions was on the fact that an arbitrator can decide what's arbitrable or not. And so yeah. um, it's it's out there. There's volumes of case law on it. And just know that be aware of arbitration. It's not a normal court case. It's not a normal, um, like what you see on TV. You aren't in front of a judge or a jury. And it's a little more complicated. More importantly, mm-hmm. and I think from the angle that um, that Nephi's been speaking from for most content creators in the Twitch space or maybe in the Spotify space, that's us. Uh, <laughs> is if you don't run a if you don't run an actual business, so if you don't have an LLC and you're just an individual, um, sometimes those fees are a little bit lower for you, especially if you're going into AAA consumer arbitration. Those fees will be like 200 bucks. If you're a business, they'll be like 1500 bucks. So they might be a little bit cheaper. Um, as far as between an individual and a business, 
but they're not, they're still not going to be, uh, you know, monumentally cheaper than state filing fees for a court case mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. anything like that. And those are expenses that you have to pay. So even if you hire somebody that will not take any hourly fees, but they'll just take a percentage of your winnings in a court case, they're still going to have to put those expenses forward. And if your claim isn't that big, the odds of you being able to retain sophisticated representation are pretty slim. And one area of law where sophisticated representation is probably required is in a place like arbitration. Right. Right. But, you know, with that being said, uh, we're, we're kind of hitting that, that, that almost the 50 minute mark. I'm sure you guys are, are, are just about done listening about arbitration. You know, we, we probably went into a little more detail that, than you might care to hear about, but you know, at, at the end of the day, this is the kind of thing that, you know, you want to be aware, right? It, one of the things that, that, that these business giants and these streamers, regardless of how young they are, is that they stay educated. And we want you to be a part of those of, of that group of people that are educated and they know what's going on. And, um, you know, that's the most important thing. So, uh, with that being said, thank you guys for listening to today's episode. Jake, you got any closing remarks other than follow us on all socials? We say this every single episode. Um, you know, you guys yeah. listen. So Go I will ahead, say, Jake. so the Instagram is starting to pop off at the law of esports and, uh, please follow our Twitters, Nephi Lopez law, Jake Hicks law, and the law of esports. Um, we're getting much more active on socials now that we're starting to get people that actually care what we have to say. Um, yeah. follow us on TikTok. Just, oh yeah. I don't know. Have we made a TikTok yet? It's coming. We, it's we coming have soon. made it. To, we haven't posted anything on TikTok. We're currently working out deals with, uh, certain software services, um, in order for us to be able to create certain content to post on there. You guys stay right. tuned. Um, it's, it's good. It, we're, we're, we're revamping the way we're doing everything. As you guys can tell, we're already making the effort to make more consistent. I have a new episodes. microphone guys. Yeah. yeah Jake, Jake balled out on some mics. Uh, <laughs> so cause the last audio from the last episode, uh, wasn't up to my expectations or Jake's expectations, but yeah, you know, we got to keep the content coming. So we kind of got to bite the bullet and put out crappy audio. And we're hoping that the audio for this episode is a lot better than the last episode. Um, and make it a little more consistent. But uh, yes, thank you guys uh, for listening. Yeah, go thank ahead. Thank you guys so much. I was going to say thank you guys so much. Uh, we appreciate it. And uh, on the software and on the audio quality and everything, shout out to Nephi. <laughs> I'm trying my best. <laughs> and so I apologize ahead of time if it's not perfect, but we're we're moving that way. And, and you know, we've, we're slowly realizing how expensive cameras are, how expensive microphones are. Um, but, you know, as, as we progress and as we grow, um, you know, hopefully we, we start, uh, you know, getting some real sponsorship deals and, and getting some nicer equipment, but until then we appreciate the support and, uh, we hope you guys tune into the next episode and, uh, we'll see you on the next one. See you guys.